Welcome to Untold Physio Stories, a podcast that informs and educates by connecting you to rehab industry leaders who share their candid successes and failures in business and practice. Welcome back to Untold Physio Stories. I'm your host, Dr. E, with Modern Manual Therapy, The Eclectic Approach, Edge Mobility System, and of course, Untold Physio Stories podcast, and my new co-host, Dr. Dana Palmer. How are you doing today, Dana? I'm good. All right. Dana, as usual, is mentoring with me locally for Modern Rehab Mastery. Um, and she's also just mentoring for business and manual therapy in general, and hang out and shoot some videos and record some podcasts. So she had a a pain science breakthrough, if you remember from our last episode. And a remarkable thing was kind of happening to me at the same time, and I didn't really uh, really know the full extent of it until just recently. So a patient of mine who I've treated on and off before in the past with uh, really great success, usually one or two visits, he just needs some repeated loading strategies, and a chronic elbow tendinopathy went away, and same thing with uh, previous back issues, previous neck issues. So this time, probably about maybe six weeks ago, he came to me and he said, you know, I've been sitting longer and my hip hurts really bad. It's just like in the joint, in the joint, in the joint. And you know, anytime someone says in the joint, they think absolutely something's in the joint. But what's the first thing you think? Right. Um, usually it's a tendinopathy or something. Or just wherever they describe it, no matter what, they're going to respond to traditional therapy. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like they all automatically think it's, it's a fracture or something happened or do I need an x-ray and MRI? And, mm-hmm. you know, I, and his uncle is an orthopedic. So he's like, oh, you should probably get an x-ray. Yeah. And, and I'm like, no, 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 that's fine. That's fine. Let's just try this first. So I gave him lumbar loading strategies. And at first he had difficulty walking. And it, it absolutely seemed very mechanical, right? He, um, he had been driving for work at least an hour and a half and then doing training when he was there for another four to six hours sitting and then driving back an hour and a half. And he did that for several weeks prior to this happening. Um, and usually high amount of sitting even for his job. And, you know, it seemed like, oh, it's flexion sensitive. He responded to loading. He was able to walk with uh, much less antalgic gait. Then I didn't see him for three weeks. You know, you think that something, like someone doesn't get back to you. You assume that usually if you really need to get back to me, especially with this patient, right. not the new patient, but if you really need to get back to me, he would have. Then I see him uh, walking around and he's still limping. And I'm like, why didn't you get a, why didn't you call me? He's like, I don't want to bother you. I'm like, you don't want to mm. bother me. Okay, so this time I spent like an hour and a half with him and I tried all kinds of different loading strategies, nice and metrics. And what we finally came up with was that uh, various like end range loading strategies. And he also wasn't avoiding his triggers enough. Like he was still, he was sitting in long sitting, like all night watching TV to oh. rest. Okay. And not only yeah. long sitting, but he was some, somewhat like long sitting and like a little crooked okay. and rotated. So he was like, really unloaded. Yeah. Um, so I told him to avoid that, to sit in a harder chair, um, he responded really well to side glides and also to banded um, hip corkscrew, like yep. functional mobilizations, as you know what they yeah. are. And uh, he really enjoyed wearing a band. Um, he said, can I just leave this on? 
and that enabled him to walk. Like I told him to go for a couple 10 minute walks a day. In the meantime, he just, no matter what I did, no matter how upright I got him, he could not tolerate sitting more than one or two minutes. So even though he was walking, his, he has a desk job. And I, you know, he said he had something like 1,100 hours of sick time built up over the years because he wow. is like basically unbreakable. You know, like Bruce Willis, like yeah. he just never yeah. took long time. Long hours, long days. Yeah. He, but he never took time. So he had all this built up. And I said, hey, you know what? This is what it's for. I took him out of work for three weeks. Um, I saw him maybe once or twice more. And he, just, he didn't improve past, like his walking improved and he had periods of time where he was pain-free, but he absolutely just could not sit. And he kept on saying, it's just really in my joints. I mean, he had to wear the edge bands in order to get any kind of relief. So uh, he said, I'm going to go you know, see my uncle. And his uncle ordered the x-ray. And I agreed with that. At this mm-hmm. point, I think, you know, two, two or three visits of, of no change right. with still periods of severe pain. You know, I like to see more progress beyond the initial progress that we saw. Right. And then... Um, he says, oh, you know, the person who initially read it, which is like a tech, right? Mm. She says there's lots of inflammation there. <laughs> lots of fluid, lots of fluid. And, you know. See, I can see all the inflammation right. on the x-ray. And I, and, I just, and I just said, oh, you know, they all say that. Yeah. And I said, you know, plenty of times that, you know, you could have like a completely swollen ankle. It doesn't hurt continuously, right? Like right. inflammation doesn't cause pain. Inflammation. And inflammation is a natural process for healing. It, yeah. You know, so... Even right. if there's something going on, his body's working on it. Absolutely. Yeah. So I tried to put a positive spin on it. That's a totally regular finding. And um, and then he gets um, his uncle to read it, who's the ortho. And then uh, he, th- he says, I think you have avascular necrosis. No. Yeah. <laughs> so then he's like, should I? <laughs> He's like, should I still do, keep doing this exercise? His uncle is like gruff, you know, and that's basically it. He's like, I got to go to surgery. Thanks. You know, and then he just got off the phone and uh, he's like, should I continue doing these exercises you gave me? And I said, yeah, you know, it's like, you can't, you can't make it worse. And honestly, conservative treatment is really indicated here. Um, you know, you're not going to cause a fracture or anything yeah. like that. And he asked me also, he's like, look, I'm diabetic. And uh, several years ago, I had a, a treatment done or had some kind of procedure done. He didn't say why, and I didn't ask why, where they removed like a major blood vessel on that same limb. Do you think that could have led to this avascular necrosis? And I just said, look, I can't say yes or no. Right. You know, um, I mean, certainly, but it's an interesting, finding. it is, and, it is. And being diabetic as yes. well with your body's ability to heal. And if, if something is going on in the joint and can your body deal with that or not, do you end up with AV? Right. So I was, um, I definitely felt bad about that, yeah. you know, and I'm trying to like talk him down and saying like the x-rays needed first. And then when he finally gets it, the initial yeah. reading, I'm like, oh yeah, of course there's going to be flu. Of course there's going to be inflammation. And then. Then he gets his, he has another person in the family who's actually a vascular specialist. Mm-hmm. And he was in town last weekend and he actually diagnosed it as this differential diagnosis that's a bit newer for AVN, which is subchondral uh, insufficiency fracture. Oh. So it's a, it's a fracture that is also similarly caused by vascular insufficiency. Mm-hmm but it's a fracture and not just a vascular necrosis. And the prognosis, according to the, the paper that he sent me, was basically, they don't really know this. Some of them respond to conservative treatment and other, others basically uh, say it rapidly declines. Mm. So he's just basically out of work now and fully non-weight bearing on crutches. Non-weight bearing, yeah. yeah. Well, what's the, you know, 
so obviously there's some insufficiency going on there that would cause it, but like, what's the amount of force that could cause this fracture? You said he was training. What is that? He was just sitting. Okay. So yeah. Just, I mean. Hmm. I, what was his hip motion like, his ROM? You know, he had really, un, until I banded him, he had very sharp empty end feels at hip flexion and IR. Okay. And when I banded him, I was in with the isometrics and manual resistance and um, some light corkscrews. He was able to tolerate a lot of the motions, but IR always caused him sharp pain no matter what. Right. I, I might have increased the range just a little bit from basically five mm -hmm. degrees to maybe seven degrees, but that, yeah. that end feel was always sharp, always painful. And he kept on saying, it's, it feels like it's in the joint, in the in joint, the joint, in the joint. joint. It and it's yeah. Absolutely in the joint this but you time. you hear that so much. Right. And so it just becomes one of those things. Yeah, I mean, you become numb to it. Yep. And, you know, this, it's similarly, I mean, he wasn't focused on it like your last patient right. was, but still I'm trying to just do my due diligence and right. not cause fear avoidance or not mm -hmm. give a negative message or anything. And it was in the joint, Yeah. you know, and... We'll see where this goes. I mean, I'm interested in his prognosis, and I'm just glad I didn't do BFR on him. Right. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Right. Well, and I think, I think for someone like this, though, like if you, he has long periods of whatever his desk job entails, he needs maybe a standing station or, you know, you know those chairs. It's like a kneeling chair where yeah. you're sitting in like more extension. Right. Because he just can't be for whatever reason. Yeah. He, he also couldn't. Be sitting in that. He couldn't tolerate extension either. But extension might have just put him like his hip more in a, like a posterior position, yeah. like similar to IR. Right, yeah. Um, so I think it wasn't really the lumbar extension that bothered him. Yeah, it was more like the hip yeah. was extending. Yeah, but it, it's interesting too, because I've had, I had a similar case I told maybe a year ago or so. I don't know if you you remember it, if you listen to this podcast, but someone came to me, um, a friend of a family, and he had severe acute onset of low back pain. And I, after like half an hour, I was finally able to almost completely relieve it correct his lateral shift and then two days later it turned um he had facial droop and then it turns out that he had do you remember the no no it turns out that i said oh he should go to the hospital right yeah. away and he had all kinds of other comorbidities yeah. like chronic smoker and everything and then um he he had metastases and he was dead like a week and a half later oh my goodness but I, and I, I thought to myself wow like I, I can't even believe i got him to feel good to begin with and that's just the power of repeated loading strategies mm -hmm. and, you know, neuromodulation of pain that even if you have actually something going on, you can still modulate pain. Right. You can still make a big difference. With, yeah. Yeah. Just challenging the nervous system. I think that that's something that's, you know, impossible to detect. Right. Right. Yeah, it doesn't present in the way you'd expect. Right. And, and the moral of the story is basically like we say a lot in untold physio stories, if someone's not responding as you expect them to or... Um, if they are, if they are even slowly progressing at first and then go ra very rapidly to no progression, you're pretty much beating a dead horse. Like trust your gut. There very rarely do you come upon a breakthrough at visit eight. Right. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Um, you should probably send them for imaging and you know what, if everything is negative, uh, if they're imaging and blood work or other testing, then fine, go back to rehab. But yeah. there's usually a reason why things don't respond. So that's a good lesson yeah, it is. and a good story. And it goes along with the theme. <laughs> it does. Our recent theme of uh, Physio Failures podcast. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, you can find me, Modern uh, Dr. E, at Modern Rehab Mastery. That's our new online mentoring program. 
It includes modern manual therapy, modern patient education, and modern strength training. It's three months with three mentors, so one month with each mentor, four weeks, tons of modules, lots of CEUs, learn at your own pace for a month, then move on. Um, so go beyond the seminar. You also get chat room um, with your mentees and mentors and live Q&As every week. Check out all my products, Edge Mobility System. We have the new Edge ISTM toolbox that includes the Edge Mobility Star and the OG Edge Mobility Tool, our Edge Restriction System BFR cuffs. That's part of Dr. Kyle Coffey's Modern Strength Training BFR certificate. Uh, I hope to see you at a live eclectic approach course soon. That's Modern Manual Therapy. Um, in U.S., Canada, and South America. And uh, make sure to rate Untold Physio Stories five stars on Apple Podcasts. You could also subscribe on Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. And as always, you guys have an awesome day.